This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 324. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman. Today, I am super excited to bring to you a special episode where I replay back the interview I did with John Correa of Active Self Protection while at SHOT Show 2019. Now, I realize that's a few months ago, but I have been saving this one in the hopper for a special time. (laughs) So, uh, this is a really good episode. Now, it's a fairly long episode, so I'm going to keep this relatively short. I don't want to uh, really drag on uh, more than is necessary. So today's episode, one question that we're going to address, and this is really critical, is what is your go signal? John brings some really interesting numbers and science to the idea of you're in a situation where you might need to use a gun. Do you know what your go signal is? Let me give you a hint. It has something to do with what your capability is on demand, cold, while under pressure, how fast and how consistently you can draw your gun. Really, really good stuff, folks, from John Korea of Active Self Protection. So with that, an honorary sponsor of today's episode would be Active Self Protection. Head on over to YouTube and make sure you're subscribing to his YouTube channel as well as his Active Self Protection Extra channel as well. That's a fun one. Uh, I, I, I try to take in every episode that John releases, and I'll tell you his analysis on these live, you know, captured on camera shootings is on point. It is some of the best in the industry. So I've uh, been a fan for a number of years and am pleased to uh, continue to get to become, you know, better friends and better acquainted with John. Um, also, another honorary sponsor of today's episode will be HK or Heckler & Coke. Uh, we record this interview in the HK booth while at SHOT Show. And so thank you to Angela and everybody over there at the HK team for making that possible. We appreciate you. Love your products too. Uh, so folks, give, give HK some, some love. Uh, we appreciate them for making this all possible. So with that, I'm, like I said, I'm going to keep it pretty brief. This is a fairly long interview I did with John. I really appreciate John for making so much time available uh, with me or for me. So thank you, John. Folks, you're going to enjoy this interview. So I will catch you on the other side for a quick outro. So with that, let's hit the play button. Hey, folks. We are here at the HK booth, uh, day three. I guess it really depends on what you count as days, John. I mean, I count media day, too, at the range, so it's right, day right. four right day now. Day four. We actually, you know, go we go to the SIG event. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, you know, we go to another event on Sundays. And, <laughs> so now it's day five for you. <laughs> it's been a long week already. No kidding. So I'm sitting here, obviously, with John Korea of Active Self-Protection. And uh, you've been on the podcast before, which we really appreciate. And yeah, you're here 100%. a second time. I'm not really sure why, I guess. I don't know. We like you, and you kind of like us. And the feeling is mutual. Okay, good, good, good. I'm glad to know where we stand. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's been, you know, obviously I've been following following you for a while, and uh, I, I, I love your stuff. Thanks, seems, man. Seems to be, you know, a universal thing. Everybody likes your stuff, man. Well, I mean, there's always haters, and some people think <laughs> I'm an idiot. But, you know, that's just going to be it. Anybody, anytime you take a stand and have an opinion, yeah. some people aren't going to like it. But but uh, I think most folks uh, value at least the perspective that I bring. And, right. uh, and, and 
you know, as the philosopher Taylor Swift taught us, haters going to hate, 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 hate. So, you know, hey. <laughs> so, this last year looked like it was a huge year, huge year for you. It's been insane. Yeah. It's been insane. So, uh, biggest change for me. In fact, uh, this Sunday will be one year since I quit my job. And uh, that's a huge deal. So, so I've been full-time with active self-protection only. I've been, I've been full-time in the company and part-time doing my other stuff for about six months or eight months before that, but <clears throat> I was uh, solo with an ASP uh, starting February 1st of 2018, so that's a huge change on its yeah. own. Um, you know, I pastored a church for 15 years and didn't leave the faith, but, you know, decided it was time for me to step out of, of that job, uh, and uh, it's been really good, and I feel like the Lord's been there, and, and we've... It's freed us up to do some crazy stuff. So I, I told my wife when I quit my job, I was like, look, I'm going to train like it's my job now, babe. And, and she said, listen, if I get paid, your bills get paid. You don't borrow no money. I don't care what you do. <laughs> I said, okay, remember you said that and went on an absolute tear of training classes uh, last year and this year too, yep. coming up in 2019. And uh, our, we added to our staff a little bit. We now have uh, four additional employees total. Wow, and that's been amazing. And <clears throat> are these are these employee employees? Well, ten ninety nine folk, you know, ah, yeah, independent yeah. contractors, sure, sure, sure. as it were. But they're your peeps. They're my peeps. So <laughs> uh, the the company has been supported uh, by Stephanie Widener, my XO, for uh, I think two and a half years. She's been on the payroll, and uh, she's a rock star. She's amazing and an incredible shooter in her own right. Incredible instructor. Uh, one of two people who can go and teach active self protection classes without me there. And um, so she's just a rock star. She's the one who keeps me sane at these shows. She's like, mm. hey, you got to be to this place at this mm. time, so quit being stupid. <laughs> um, and uh, her husband, Neil Widener, is our director, our, our uh, chief marketing officer, chief sales. And he's incredible at sponsor relations and uh, also our training director. So he's the one, if, if we're going to go teach a class, who decides this is where we're going to be when and, and those mm -hmm. things. Um, he's incredible. Our videographer and video producer, uh, John Masek is um, just really good at what he does. So the reason the videos look good, that they're produced right, that, that especially on Extra where they need to be edited a lot more. The right. main channel is a, is a pretty well-established formula. Right. Um, but that's John doing that. And, and everybody else gets days off. But, you know, mm. the main channel gets a video every day of the year. Right. And the, the Extra channel now we're on a five-day schedule. So he produces 12 pieces of content every week which is an insane schedule yes. that he keeps. Uh, and then uh, our law enforcement consultant and uh, also moderator, uh, Logan Moody, is a peace officer in Arizona and an incredible man, incredible husband, uh, funny as all get out. In fact, he just earned his show name. He's Giggles O'Houlihan now uh, <laughs> when we get to shows. So everybody gets a show name. <laughs> Stephanie is the XMFO. Uh, Neil is Big Spoon Wilson. John is Bullets <laughs> McGee. And uh, now, officially, Logan is uh, Giggles O'Houlihan. So that's pretty funny. That is funny. <clears throat> Man, I should come up with names for my peeps. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's funny. It's something that started a few years ago with another guy who used to work with us and uh, was really important for a while in the, in the company. And 
Uh, did you ever watch the show Psych? You remember oh, yes. Psych? Yeah. My so, wife was really into that show. Yeah, my kids so. love it too, and we <laughs> love it. It's funny. And one of the things that one of the characters Sean did is every time he'd introduce his partner, who's uh, Burton Guster, he yep. would call him something different, different right? Yep. So I took a picture with me and my friend at the show, and, and I was like, hey, you know, this is my friend. Me and my friend Ovaltine Jenkins are off at the show. And his wife popped up and was like, nah, man, he's too white to be Ovaltine Jenkins. You got to call him like <laughs> Buttercream Jenkins or something. And so I was like, done. And so that kind of started this tradition that when we go to a show, you know, you, you got a show name just to have some fun and mess with each other and have a good time without, yeah. you know, you know how it is with your friends and you got to do that stuff. So we just do it at shows to be goofy. <laughs> awesome, man. So, I mean, obviously, uh, we could talk about active self-protection. We could talk about videos. We could talk about training. We could talk about, there's so much we could talk about. Yeah. But uh, let's take a little bit different route. Uh, let's actually just talk about gun stuff, dude. I okay. mean, so you've been wandering around the show. I have. You've been checking things out. Mm. Uh, new stuff, stuff you like. I mean, what yeah, are you I seeing mean, here? So it's interesting because uh, this this show year has been different for me. And years past, like this is my fifth shot show, and and now that I'm kind of it's weird. I'm an internet celebrity, which is just goofy to even say. <laughs> I'm, it's just insane. I'm not I'm not a celebrity by anybody's definition. Yep. But um, this year, I've had a very tightly packed schedule of booth appearances and um, you know sponsor events and and things that we've had to do, you know, uh, and we've joy enjoyed doing them. But in years past, I would just kind of wander the show floor. Yeah. And especially the first year, nobody knew who that guy was. So, you know, you're incognito and not incognito. Nobody knows who you are. <coughs> um, so we got to see a lot more, whereas this year I've got to see less of the show. But uh, to see the things that, that I really wanted to see, I've had to really fight and really push, you know. So there's been some really cool stuff. Um, and... I know when, when an influencer, you know, when, an, uh, you know, I hate that phrase. I'm a trusted advisor. But when they go, oh, you know, this thing is really cool, you know, I'm always the first one to go, how much they pay you to say that, dude, you know, and, and worry about that. But, uh, and some of that has been sponsor related. They've, they've put out some cool things. Of course, HK just put out the, the uh, two things for them is a button release, which I uh, joke, jokingly am totally <laughs> against. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm a paddle guy till I die. And uh, as a brand ambassador, though, you know, I, Americans like buttons. So that's cool. And I like buttons. Sorry. Yeah. So I get it, man. Most people <laughs> like buttons. I'm just a paddle dude. So um, how did you get in? I mean, like, when did that become a thing for you? Uh, the paddle? Yeah. Well, so when the VP9 first came out, I was um, I was carrying a Glock 19 every day. And I could carry a Glock 19 till the day I die. Sure. You know, I mean, it's a fine gun. If you look up, like, defensive firearm, comma, generic in the dictionary, it's a Glock 19, right? Got it. And I was carrying a G19. I had no problems, but I sh I'm a lefty. And um, I, it's weird. I'm a righty, but I shoot left-handed. So uh, when the VP9 came out, I was like, wow, that's really, truly a truly ambidextrous gun. Um, and, right. and so, you know, uh, the slide stops on both sides, the mag releases on both sides. It's really, truly an ambidextrous gun. And it immediately, even before it was released, reviews were, this gun is a very soft shooting gun with an excellent stock trigger. Whereas, of course, uh, as a Glock shooter... <laughs> You know, first thing you're going to do is, is do some upgrades to the trigger and change the sights on the gun. So um, at that time, I had a friend who uh, actually wanted to buy my Glock 19. He was getting back into concealed carry. He's like, man, I want, I want that gun. And I was like, well, we can get you one like that. He goes, no, I want that one. It's set up the way I want. And I was able to sell it to him for exactly what I needed to get into a VP9. And so, okay, let's do that. Uh, and, and so the, the paddle was where it was. And I, and I just found that as a lefty, I'm used to using my trigger finger to mm -hmm. release the magazine. I've been oh, doing that for yeah, years right. because I'm a lefty, right? Because it's lefty. over there. Yep. So the paddle let me do that on both sides. The paddle, if I had to change the gun mm. over to the right hand, 
Uh, and, and if you're doing a, uh, you know, sometimes in competition, they'll make you change the gun to the other hand. You got to do a mag change in that or whatever. I could do it exactly the same on both sides of the gun. And so, uh, and the other thing that I really liked is one thing that I noticed is that as a lefty, especially, but my righty friends deal with this too, a button mag release, um, it, when the gun's in the holster, you can bump that button enough and knock your magazine out. So I'm kind of always kind of tugging, you know, and making sure is my magazine seated? Am I okay? Because I never wanted Uncle Pat to give me a moose cock. Uh, if you're a training junkie, you know kind of what that is. You know, you bring right. the gun up, you shoot a shot, and your magazine drops to the floor, and now you're in big trouble. Seen it many times. And, yes, and, and I've earned one in class too, but uh, not from Pat. He had passed away before I got a chance sure. to train with him, but from uh, his students. And, um, and so with the paddle, the, if, with a properly designed holster, it's completely enclo enclosed, so you can't do that. So I just really like it. Uh, to me, it's, it's a superior way to do that. Now, can I run a button gun? Yep. And in fact, I, I just saw for the VP9B, uh, the button release, a, an aftermarket ambidextrous button, uh, both sides. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's really good. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine with the button. <laughs> An ambi button I'm okay with. And it's really good. So we'll see what that is. That's X-Tech uh, came out with that. They're not a sponsor, but they're good dudes. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so, yeah, that's, that's been a cool one. That's how I started with, with HK. And I, and I carried it for, I mean, I probably got one, I think, about three weeks after it came out. Um, very quickly vetted the gun and started carrying it and have been very happy with that. I mean, I just loved it. And uh, last year, HK approached me uh, because they saw me carrying their guns and, and their marketing team really liked kind of my ethos. I'm, uh, the title, the, yeah. the, the video that introduced me to them, if you go on my, the Asp Extra channel, is titled VP9, You Suck and They Hate You. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I try to be objective and, and funny and engaging and those things, but not be a fanboy of anyone. And, and of course, I said, look, I like this for a lot of reasons, but you know, gosh, man, magazines are 50 bucks. 50 bucks? What's wrong with you, man? That's ridiculous. And then, you know, VP9 has the little uh, cocking assists on the back. I right. busted one off, and I tried to get them for forever to send me a new one. And they're like, they just ignored me, basically. And yeah. so I'm like, come on, guys, this is not a big deal, but it's a big deal. And, and truth be told, I've been an HK brand ambassador for a year, and they still haven't replaced it. So, oh, no. <laughs> they just they don't have them. So, you know, it's one of those things. So we joke, you suck and we hate you, right, is their <laughs> official marketing slogan. <clears throat> and um, But they, they didn't mind that. They thought that was funny because it was, yeah. it was authentic, right? Yeah. So uh, they asked me, hey, man, you know, we would like to, to make that a more uh, formal relationship, and uh, we'd like for you. So, for instance, they, they asked me if I would kind of do a little – evaluation on the the p30 particularly with the lem trigger and i love the lem man mm -hmm. I, i'm carrying a p30 now instead of the vp9 I, again i could carry the vp9 for the rest of my life and be perfectly happy with the right. gun but i think the, the lem has some things to offer that i like especially as an appendix carrier and uh and so they've been really good to me uh i love the fact that that they uh for instance they go hey man if you want to go check out other guns if you want to go evaluate and test and those things do it man that's great and um uh, bill dermody the national marketing director said uh, for instance, this last year, I took the Six Hour Academy's uh, semi-auto pistol instructor class. Yeah. Well, you know, there's relationships within the industry, <laughs> but that could be uh, a source for some chat posteriors in some ways. So, of course, I, I, I you know, called them and said, hey, Bill, what would you think of this? And he goes, man, I think it's great. Why would I have any problems with that? Go learn and go let us know what you find. And nice. I got to train with Doug Flavin there at the Six Hour Academy, top flight a place to train and yes. a great instruction. Been there myself. And, and <clears throat> yes, really good. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. And so I feel like that makes the industry stronger yep. when instead of we see ourselves as adversaries, we see ourselves as compatriots on a single on a, on a cause together, you know? Yep. 
So, <clears throat> yeah, that's how HK came together for me, and and they've been fantastic. We have a project that we're working on right now um, that <laughs> we're going to do. Might get in trouble with this one, <laughs> but uh, you've heard, I'm sure, in the in the training junkie world, you, you everyone's heard of the Roland Special, right? That mm -hmm. is invented by uh, an acquaintance, a strong acquaintance, Chuck Pressburg, great gun. Uh, but you know that's that's the the Uber Glock, right? You take yep. a 19 and you put a compensator on it, and and you put a, a match barrel in it, and you put a, a, a dot on it, and you put a X300U on it, magwell, and a magwell, and <laughs> right. uh, you know some some flared stuff, and ta-da! Now you got a, the Uber Glock, and I'm like, that's yep. not really a Roland special. I mean, it, to be Roland special, it needs to be in 460 Roland. I mean, to make that happen, <laughs> and it just so happens that that HK makes a, a Mark 23 and 45 ACP that if you just ream the chamber a little more you have a 460 Roland. So mm. I have one on the way that we're going to put a big old nasty compensator on and uh, a red dot, and we're going to remount to 460 Roland and put a light on it. And then uh, see, I, I, and I was joking, I was talking to John uh, Houtman from Filster the other day, and his sure. floodlight uh, holster will fit that, uh, oh, that no gun way. in it. And so I'm like, I'm going to carry a 460 Roland special appendix. I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> and uh, so uh, super blaster that's right the <laughs> mega blaster 10 millimeter <laughs> give me that don't, don't mess with me instead of 460 rolling so uh yeah so and and they let me do that kind of stuff i mean that's stupid right let's be honest that's just a goofy project that's but cool. but they're like you know, Bill and, and Nathan, uh, she's the sales director, and he's like, oh, gosh, that'd be hilarious. We've <laughs> got to make that happen, so they're going to do it for me. Uh, and I think we were jokingly talking with them about it. They're, uh, Bill Alexander is the director of prototype test and destruction at HK now, the famous Bill Alexander who invented the uh, the 50 Beowulf and the 6.5 Grendel. Right. And um, so I'm like, listen, who better to do that? that uh caliber conversion job mm -hmm. than bill alexander so will he ream that out for me i don't know that they'll let him do that for a liability perspective stuff but i'm gonna ask and we'll see how it goes <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that's kind of cool and it's it's fun to to have that and uh i do dig my my p30 i name my carry gun so i'm a goofball so my main p30 with an rmr in it we call benvolio <laughs> and uh <clears throat> um people ask me all the time about that so i have uh, my vp9 is john talbot uh, with an RMR on it, and then I have a, uh, a P30 with a, a shield RMS that I've been testing for a while. His name's Tybalt. And then my Glock 43, a uh, little single stack, is Hermia. And so if you're a Shakespeare fan, you can suss out what that means. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's cool. Well, um, ah, you know, so the show. Yeah. Good sh a different show for you? Different? What, what do good. you think about the feel of the show? I mean, I, man, it's, it feels a little slower. I mean, or less people. Well, I think that the NSSF has been a little tighter on really badges Really cracked down on, yep. And, and I actually kind of like that. You're supposed to be not a friend of someone in the industry, but actually in the supposed industry to, to the come industry. to the show, like actually yep. working in the industry. And, and, and you'll still see occasionally somebody that says, oh, you know, um, I, I spent a lot of money at this gun store, and so they got me a badge, you know. Um, yep. I get that, but I, we, we don't really want that here. Go to the NRA annual meetings. That's where that stuff's going to happen. Go to the USCCA Expo. You know, yep. that's where that stuff is good for. Um, but this is supposed to be a place where buyers and companies and some media and vendors and those things come together to say, okay, what's new? What's great? How are we doing things? And uh, so it's, it's, it's not as busy. It's still busy, but it's just not crazy cram packed. And that's a good thing. That's a really positive thing. I yep, still think there's I a, agree. 
there's a lot of innovation here, a lot of new products here, and I think there's a lot of excitement in the industry this year. Uh, you, you know, 2017 was a tough year. The Trump slump was real. Yeah. <clears throat> and no joke. Uh, we felt it. Yeah, everybody felt it because yeah. you know, everybody ramped up like crazy for the election, basically worrying that uh, you know Senator Clinton was going to win or Secretary Clinton was going to win, and um, and then everybody had all these crazy amounts of inventory, expecting prices to rise, and they oh. Mm. Well, okay. Whoopsie. <laughs> Whoopsies. I don't know if anybody expected what happened, right? No, I, mean, I, 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 I couldn't have called it. I mean, you woke up on election day and the New York <laughs> Times declared it for Hillary before the <laughs> votes started coming in. 98% chance or something. Yeah, so, right, right. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's definitely taken a different turn, but I think that's turned around. I think we've seen the other part of that is, you know, that there were some folks that were kind of on a shoestring trying to keep companies afloat and then maybe didn't make it. But there's still a huge waiting list here. And I mean, so much that I think in next year they're expanding to other venues to include in this and those. So um, tons yeah. of great innovation, tons of new things that I think are driving the industry forward. Uh, saw some interesting uh, product innovations that I'm like, really? Let's kind of, I don't know if that's going to work or not, but I'm interested in what you're doing and I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> um, and so it's it's been for that. I, I And Man, I dig that. I think that that's the kind of thing that keeps our Second Amendment strong. Uh, these are the companies that invest the money to, to make sure that the Second Amendment is strong. And, and I think if you're crass about that, you say, well, they just do that for their own profits. Well, listen, everybody in business is in business to make money. But uh, I, I think that that is good for, for you know, Joe Average firearms owner because the Second Amendment exists not... Um, not for hunting. I think uh, firearms for hunting are very important. I'm a hunter, and I love to hunt. Uh, I like to eat things, and you know, ethically sourced free-range meat is awesome. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, it's not even for self-defense, but it's the protection of our country, you know, and the and the, the bulwark against tyranny. Yes. And these are the folks who make that happen. And and so I think shows like this are really important and really cool. And I'm I'm excited yeah. to be a part of it. It's awesome. It's, I mean, think about this. This is what we do for a living. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at work know, right, right now. <laughs> the craziest thing ever. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there, man. Truly blessed. Yeah. So let's talk training. Okay. You have been really training a lot. Yeah, I've been uh, a crazy man. So how many hours did you do this last year? Uh, 2018, I ended up with, I think, 278 hours under instruction as a student. So yeah. that doesn't include you know coming to shows. It doesn't include uh, classes that I taught as an instructor. Uh, 278 hours this last year. It was a crazy. What do you have on the books right now for 2019? 310. Gee, three, 328, I think, right now, actually. I just added another one. So, <laughs> um, And I didn't even plan it that way. It's just, um, it started off with, you know, you got you to gotta put the big things in first. And yep. um, there was a couple in there that were a big deal. Uh, I am a Rage Master certified instructor. I think Tom Givens is one of the masters, and, and I really want to learn mm -hmm. from him. And he's, what, 64 years old. He's not going to train forever. He's looking at the horizon of his retirement. And so I'm like, look, yep. I got to get in there. He put up a shotgun instructor course this, this summer. And I'm like, yeah, I want to learn that. And then <clears throat> he announced his um, master firearms instructor rating. Mm. And I was like, oh, I saw that in his group. And I was like, that's going to sell out in about four hours. Yeah. And, but I don't have his advanced handgun instructor. I, I just have basic. And so I emailed <laughs> him. And I was like, hi, Tom. 
if I sign up for advanced earlier in the year, can I sign up for master? And he was like, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. You'll, you'll pass advanced. No big deal. Um, <laughs> and so I got in on those. And so there's three classes right there. And um, same thing with Masada Yu. You know, Moss is only going to teach a few more years. And his, um, his deadly force instructor only comes up once a year. His uh, judicious use of deadly force instructor. And he's the expert. Right. And I was like, man, I got to get in that class. It's 40, 50 hours. Um, let's just go for it. Uh, and then I, I have a, through Logan, my, my law enforcement uh, consultant, he clued me in that the Force Science Institute was in Scottsdale was, this month. I was following you what, last week. Yeah, it was last week. And, and I was it like, like oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't really have the money for this. And it's a week before SHOT Show. So it's a stupid time to do it. But, uh, and so I asked him, and, and, hey, can I get in here? Well, it's almost always, we had 73 people in that class. 70 of them were sworn officers. They almost never let non-sworn in these classes. It's mm-hmm. their, their focus is police stuff, but it's applicable to everyone. And so I asked them, look, I know I'm non-sworn, but I'm going to ask you to let me in. Uh, and I, it, this would be very helpful for what I do. And uh, unbeknownst to me on that, uh, Bill Lewinsky, Dr. Bill Lewinsky, who's the owner of the Force Science Institute, he was like, no, I, I, I've vetted you very thoroughly in what you do and, and how you do it, and I'm glad you're here. And so they let me in, and it was an incredible week of training, just ridiculous week of training, um, mind-blowing stuff of... Mm-hmm. That of human performance, not really even necessarily gunfighting or officer-involved shootings, but how does a human body perform? What is our vision? How do, how do you see? Because you yep. don't really see with your eyes. You see with your brain. Right. How does your brain process information? How much visual information can you process? And how much auditory information can you process? And how much tactile information can you process a second? Um, and what does that mean for your performance, under stress especially? Uh, and that was, I mean, just... Amazing. So that's how the classes come around like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and like I find out that, that John Murphy uh, uh, of FBF training is going to be in my town. <laughs> and I'm like, look. Yep. I got to take advantage of I it, right? I want to train with John Murphy. Like, how can I not take that class? And how can I not do that? That's, that's, yeah. that's the kind of perspective I just I have to have. Um, we had an opportunity the first weekend of this year to host Gabe White and his Pistol Shooting Solutions. And if you don't know the name Gabe White, you mm-hmm. haven't been on Pistol Forum because, you know, he's yep. one of the main dogs there. And that dude under pressure uh, from concealed carry, he's shooting Grandmaster level times from EDC concealed carry. And yep. people go, no, not really. No, yeah, really. really. I've uh, seen it. <laughs> dude was pulling draws to first shot from concealment in .75 on the clock, on demand in front of students. Running a uh, build drill, four time, four score, one, seven, two, six alphas. Come on, man. That's not even human. No, that's a guy who's put in the time and put in the work and really knows what he's doing. <clears throat> and Gabe says, hey, John, you know, I'd love to come train in Phoenix. Would you be interested in hosting? Does a Pope wear a funny hat? Of course I'm willing. I want to host. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, duh, of course <laughs> I want to do that. And uh, so that's just how things have, have kind of played out over the course of the year. And um and, and so my wife is getting a little frustrated with me. She's like, okay, pal, like, I, I need you home sometimes too. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm angling for some stuff in that. Uh, I've got a bunch of instructor ratings coming this year and a bunch of uh, opportunities to, to train with some really high-level folks. And uh, I, I just, you got to take advantage of that when you can. And, of course, I don't expect everybody else to do that. It's a stupid schedule. And, in fact, it's funny. My friend Mike Green from Green Ops. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I, I got and actually. Such I need to connect with the, he and I. We've been trying to connect on the podcast for a long time. Uh, well, we got to yeah. make it happen. Incredible guy, and yeah. and I mean, master class shooter, and 
tip of the spear, pointy, pointy end of the spear yeah. guy, and humble as the day is long. I mean, uh, he came to the Six Hour Academy with me this last year, and that's where I really got to meet him and know him personally, and just a humble, incredible guy. And Mike actually encouraged me to train a little less. He goes, Dude, John, I want you to go to fewer classes, <laughs> and I want you to practice more. I want you to be out on the range working on your skills more. Don't worry about what the haters say. Uh, just uh, be you and do what you do. And I'm like, dude, I, I value that so much. But I'm like, but I'm already signed up for all this training, Mike, so we're going to have to talk about that for 2020, bro. <laughs> He's like, no, I get it. So um, yeah. and I'm just a, I, I want to know what there is to know. And some of these uh, folks, and, and I feel like, so many trainers, so many firearms instructors, they get their instructor rating and they go, yep, I know it all. And that's garbage. You know, my wife is a, a home birth midwife and um, she has to have a certain number of continuing education hours every year just to stay certified. Right. Uh, and we don't do that in the, in the firearms training industry pretty much almost anywhere. Well, I mean, once you're certified, you're certified. And I, well, There's a few that, I mean, you got to repeat every so often. I mean, yeah. Armors courses, for instance, right. or there's a few instructing, instructor things, but... Well, but, but I yeah. mean, if you say, I'm an NRA certified fires instructor, well, yeah. you are forever, yeah. right? Um, but I think we need to hold ourselves to a high standard. Absolutely. So as a continuing, as an educator myself, uh, you have to uh, continue to teach, yes, but also continue to learn mm -hmm. and continue to grow and to change things. And, and I tell folks all the time, listen, the, the classes are, they have to change the way that I approach things and they have to change... If they don't, then why did I go? Uh, you know, if, if, if you didn't learn anything, you just wasted your time and your money. Yeah. Uh, and even if it's something little, uh, hopefully every year something grows and something changes and something gets better and more significant. And, and then in, in 10 years or 20 years, then you're the one that people go to and say, okay, you need to teach me that next thing. Right. And that's right. my goal. <clears throat> it's almost not fair to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway to you. Um, <clears throat> This is wrong, but let's go. <laughs> Who are some of the top trainers in the industry right now? Let's let's talk uh, handguns. Just uh, like defensive shooting instructors. Who who are who are the top ones right now? In your um, mind? in in my mind, I would say in terms of teaching the art of the handgun, uh, it depends. I would really say it depends on what level of mm -hmm. shooter you are. Mm -hmm. So the best trainer of instructors in America today is Tom Givens. Uh, there's no question about that in my mind, and uh, I'll take anything Tom teaches from that perspective. Uh, just an incredible uh, dude uh, and, and a good teacher of teachers, mm -hmm. right? So he'll teach you how to teach. Uh, Tom is definitely there. High-level uh, shooters of um, a defensive caliber, Steve Fisher, uh, Sentinel yeah. Concepts. Steve is a heck of a handgun instructor. I'm hosting him in, in Phoenix next month. Um, <clears throat> also, if you're an intermediate to high-level shooter, Gabe White. Uh, just from the shooting skill perspective, Tim Heron, grandmaster level shooter in four different disciplines or right. something like that. Uh, as a defensive shooting coach and somebody who knows all the background and the education and curriculum, you see guys like Carl Wren. Oh, yes. KR training. Yep. Uh, high level teacher, but also can scale that back to a beginning shooter yeah. and is able to teach at every level. And that is uh, a rarity yeah. uh, and, a, and a very excellent thing. If you want to learn the red dot and you are not learning it from Scott Jedlinski, you are I wrong. I was just going to ask. I was going like, to give you a category next, like red dots. Yeah. So here you go. Uh, Jedi <laughs> is my shooting coach. I, I yep. transitioned to the red dot about a year and a half ago, and I actually hired Jedi for this year uh, for 2019 as my shooting coach. Um, because not only do you need to take classes, but you need somebody who's watching you individually and knows where you've come from and what you need to work on next. And, and both from, uh, but really from the red dot perspective, he is the master mm -hmm. of teaching that. 
that guy can take three-tenths of a second off your draw to first shot with the red dot in five minutes of watching you. Scott's real, uh, his uniqueness that I have seen so far in the industry, he is a diagnostician. He can look at you and watch you do you, what you do and not just say, oh, you're slow or this is why you're slow, but this is how to fix that. Here, do this, John. And like he watched me uh, in class. I'm, I'm in his uh, red dot skills class. And he goes, okay, let's just get you up to the line, you know, load up. Okay, this is cool. You're going to shoot this target. Shoot it ready. Stand by. Beep. Shoot it ready. Stand by. Beep. Shoot it ready. Stand by. Beep. Okay, I want you to change this one thing. So you're a 155, 154, 151. Okay, do this one thing instead. Uh, in my particular case in this instance, I want you to keep your elbows anchored to your ribs until the gun is leaving into the, to your sights. Okay? So just leave your elbows where they are and drive out. Shoot it ready. Stand by. Beep. One, two, two. Shooter ready, stand by, beep, one, one, nine. Look at that, we just pulled three tenths off your draw just doing that one thing, and I'm like, oh, what, <laughs> are you kidding me? So red dot, Jedi, for sure. Also AIWB, Scott, uh, incredible at that. Also, I would say Spencer Keepers yeah. from Appendix, uh, the national level guy, he's like known as the guru of Appendix carry. That dude is a rocket ship yeah. from Appendix. I love Spencer, by the way, because uh, speaking of humble people, he is also so incredibly humble. Uh, it, it's kind of actually fun to watch as his name becomes more known and yeah. known. And like he's just like, w w why me? You know, but because he's legit. <laughs> he's legit, and and he is humble, and he is the real deal, um, and is helpful to everyone. He's yeah. he is a wholehearted person, and yeah. I love surrounding myself with wholehearted people with heartfelt value added folks, and he's one of them. Yeah, and I just I love him to pieces. So, and he's become a good friend and uh, and a mentor in business and and those things. So, I think um, yeah, him in the appendix carry world, absolutely. You also got guys like uh, John Hearn, mm -hmm. uh, John, incredible teacher. Um, Lee Weems, Lee's uh, an incredible. I can't wait. I'm I'm taking his TACCON, uh social lever gun, mm. and and you know not a lot of guys <laughs> teaching a lever fun. gun right now. <laughs> But uh, he's there. I think guys teaching rifle, uh, if you're talking about not handgun yeah. skills, but rifle skills. Yeah, I, I'd put Jedi back. Or, uh, not Jedi, I'm sorry, but uh, Steve Fisher back in there as yep, well as course. a rifle instructor. John Lovell. Uh, dude, dude was the, you know, on the pointy end of the stick again and is a good teacher. So I've taken some rifle skills from him. Um, I mean, of course, John Farnham has, is the legend in that mm -hmm. arena. And, and if you don't think that you can learn some things from John Farnham, you are wrong and you should uh, rethink your life choices. Yeah. Uh, Bill Blowers. Yes. Uh, Bill can teach the handgun like crazy too, but as a SWAT cop for as long as he is, he has expertise on the rifle in close quarters that's really unparalleled and, yeah. and also another really fine human being. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's wow. the, the crazy part. We're in this golden age. There's right. so many incredible trainers out there. Yep. And uh, you got to take advantage of them. These guys are traveling the country. And if you just keep up, they're probably in your neck of the woods. Um, and, oh, yeah. and I'm sure I've missed some and my friends are going to be frustrated with me because I missed their name and I just apologize in <laughs> advance and I'm sorry and I love you. But, but like you said, I mean, there are so many good instructors out there right now. And, and hopefully what you just listed off is really helpful for podcast listeners. Uh, you know, you're looking for some of these things, some of these different skill sets. I mean, the, the, the red dot, for instance. That's really starting to become a thing. Yeah, big I mean, time. Everybody's starting to offer them. I mean, mm -hmm. geez, Chris and Trace, like, let's have optics. Let's, you know, have right. to do a red dot. I mean, like, everybody's trying to jump into that game. And there's some really, and honestly, I, I think the the peak hasn't 
come yet in oh, that, I, in, in, in I that arena. I don't even think we've gotten started with yeah. the red dots. Yeah. I think we're just getting into the second generation right. of red dot sites to where they are uh, starting to work with human performance. Yep. And they do take a lot of work to get a really consistent presentation. It's different than a rifle. I mean, a rifle, you've got four points of contact on the gun, and, and it is much easier to get a consistent presentation and see that yep. dot every time. Whereas you've only got two points of contact on the pistol and you've got six, six axes of movement. Yep. And so, man, you know, that's a lot of things to manage if you have not myelinated that process and yep. you have not, you know, made that process automatic. And so learning that, uh, when I went to the dot and, and Scott Jedlinski yeah. said, okay, man, let's do some work. You he, running an RMR? I am. Right now yep. I'm running a Trijicon RMR 06 Type 2. Yep. Um, I'm kind of, I'm an agnostic on gear stuff. But sure. uh, the, the RMR has been the consistent one that I can run. I ran a Shield RMS for about four months while my two RMR guns were back at Grey Guns. And that, that did okay. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a couple things on it that I was like, eh, you know, but a couple things that were really good about it too. Um, but I'm running an RMR right now. And um, Scott made me do 1,500 dry fire presentations before <laughs> I could take a live fire shot. Uh, when I was like, okay, I'm going to take, take the jump. And he went, wow. he called me and he said, you are not allowed to put a live fire round through that gun before you've had 1,500 presentations in reverse. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? Start with the gun out there and extend it right. with the, the sight picture. You're going to bring the gun back into your, your join position where your hands join together, reset, put the gun back out. You're going to do that 1,500 times and then call me. Uh, and, and then he made me do another 1,500 out from here. And then he's yeah. like, okay, now that you've done that, now you can go do uh, 200 rounds of live fire. <laughs> and then come back and let me know. And then we did another 3,000 presentations in different ways to really myelinate that understanding of driving the dot out and seeing it. Yeah. So uh, That sounds like work. Yeah, it's work, man. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't call myself a high-level shooter yet by any stick. I'm working hard. Um, I mean, we just did, uh, I did Ernest Langdon's uh, tactical pistol skills class. I earned a, a, a hat Speaking and a fast. Speaking of great instructor, right? Incredible instructor. Sorry, Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, yeah, funny joke. You ready for this? I asked sure. him about that because I said, listen, um, I hear you called both Ernest and Ernie. What sure. do you go by? And he said, I have never introduced myself as Ernie to anyone at any time in any way. And he said, that's Rob Latham being a, a poophead to me. I know. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, Ernest, it's nice to meet you, sir. You know, because he could kill me very fast if he wanted to. And uh, so I earned a, a, a fast pin, not yep. a coin from him. Uh, and at Gabe White's uh, Pistol Shooting Solutions, I earned a dark pin. I shot terribly, man. I, I, I think I have a light pin in me. I just shot really bad. Um, but, um, so not, not, you know, the Uber level or anything like that. Um, but, but working and, and trying to earn the right, you know, to say, okay, wait a minute. And it's a competition, you know, it's, it's not a competition with other shooters. It's a competition with somebody who might want to hurt me or my loved ones and sure. want to be ready on that day. My, my big thing right now from a human performance factor, I think, uh, so this is one I haven't shared publicly yet. You'll be the first one to hear this. Okay. Is that. Uh, I think we have built the fact that in an armed robbery, we say all the time that you have to wait your turn. You have to be willing to, um, when somebody comes to stick a gun in your face, and this is a civilian, right? If somebody comes and sticks a gun in a cop's face, they're going to start pulling the trigger on that gun because they know the gun's coming back from the cop. But in a civilian setting, <clears throat> in, a, in a non-sworn setting, if somebody sticks a gun in your face and says, give me your wallet, they're probably not going to shoot you in the face at that point because otherwise they just pull the trigger. Right. They're threatening you with the gun. So you have to wait your turn. Now, from a human performance factor, if I can be 1.15 or faster from the draw to my first shot, 
then my go signal becomes a glance away. So if he glances away from me to somewhere else, he doesn't have to turn completely away, but a glance away from me more than 15 degrees that makes him turn his head, um, then from the human performance perspective, I can get, if I can get a gun out and a shot on target in under 1.15, he cannot beat me back. It is impossible for him to beat me back. Um, and so you say, wait a minute. A lot of times we hear about, well, all these fast shooters on the grams. Why are they doing that? You know what I mean? Fast <laughs> enough is fast enough. Well, I can show you this. So if he glances away from you, it takes him 0.6 seconds to glance away and come back. That's a, that's a, a limit of human performance. Okay? So 0.6 there. To respond to a visual stimulus that he's expecting is 0.18 to 0.22. Right. To respond to a visual stimulus. We call that a 0.2. That puts us at 0.8 uh, seconds for him to recognize, oh, that person is drawing a gun and bad things are coming my way. Right. And then it takes his brain 0.35 seconds to encode that into, I need to pull the trigger on this gun and press the trigger and make the motor action happen. So that's 1.15 seconds when you add all that together. Uh, and so it is physiologically impossible if his go signal, if, or if my go signal is him glancing away such that it moves his head in any capacity, and I can put a shot on target in 115, he cannot physiologically get in front of me mm. on that. Now, that doesn't mean that if I, I'm just going to stand there like a bump on a log <laughs> and be like a square range and drive and go boom, and, and he's going to fly away. Um, of course, we're going to teach in those kind of instances to get off the X, and that make, right. gives me more time and more ability. But uh, when I say I want to have a consistent under 115 draw to first shot, that's a very high standard. Yeah. Um, and not, uh, you know, dudes on the grams notwithstanding. Um, that's a pretty fast standard. Pretty it is. high standard. There's there's few instruct or students that come through our courses that that can achieve that. I mean, we we, we you know every class two. we get a couple, yeah. right? Yeah, right? one or two. But the uh, average is, I mean, and obviously the golden standard, and we're we're all, always trying to get those students is that one point five or less, five. you know, yeah. mark. Yeah, and I say you know to a to a, a CCW standard, you yeah. know, I say two point draw to first shot is is an acceptable uh, standard. However, <clears throat> oh my gosh, so Derek is uh, showing me some things. Bill has some gummy HKs. There are gummy HKs at the <laughs> HK booth. Hi, Bill. How are you? Look at the look in your eyes. I love you so much right now. What are we doing with this? What do you want me to do? You want me to talk about these? You want me to take a picture of this and put it on the grams? Bill's picking his nose at me. That's great. I love my professional friends. <laughs> um, so at uh, any rate, it, I think a two-second standard is a, is a good beginning standard. 1.5, that professional standard. If I can't do one on five, then what I teach students is that doesn't mean you suck and, and you're, you're a failure, but that means the glance can't be your go signal. Right. You don't have that much speed. That means you've got to see his ears. So yeah. that's got to be away yeah. from you enough that it takes him more than 0.6, and then you've got to move away from the glance. When you get there, now we're talking about he's got a 1.6 come back to you because you completely left his peripheral vision. Yeah. So he has to come find you again, which takes him longer than the glance yeah. does. So now you're over 1.5. So if you can do a 1.5, what's your go signal? My go signal is not a glance, it's a turn. Right. Okay. He's now, got a buddy with him, for instance. Right. And or he's buddy, just, you know. He's worried about there could be other people or here's sure. a sound. What, right. so what was he over there? Yeah, so he turns yep. his head. What was over there? Well, now that's my go signal as opposed to the glance over to my friend who goes, hey, man, I got a problem. <clears throat> so... Knowing that and knowing how to contextualize your go signal to your skill set, I think, is an important thing. Uh, and so that's why I'm working. Uh, I mean, I can right now on a good day, I can pull up about a 105 uh, mm -hmm. on a good day on an easy feeling. Now, does that mean I can do that under stress when somebody might want to kill me? 
Eh, probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I'm working down under the, you know, Jedi's black belt standard is draw to first shot at seven yards to an A zone in one second or less. That's a black belt standard. That's a very high standard. But if you can do one O on an easy day and your good day, you can do one one five maybe on a bad day. So right. <clears throat> um, that's where I'm trying to lead as an instructor yeah. and as a student is to, to integrate the human performance standards that we know uh, that aren't widely known in the industry but are getting better uh, to know then what does that mean for then how we structure classes? What does that mean for how we teach students? And what are the standards that we should expect from them? Because you're yeah. right. I mean, how many students show up to class and after a day of teaching, they go, well, I can't get, I mean, you know, you, may, you might get one out of 20 that can hit a 115 at a day of training. Well, that's true. <laughs> we had, uh, when I was in San Diego, we had a very petite gal, Leia is her name, and she's great. She's she's bad lady, man. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mess with her. Um, on pre-course assessments, uh, with a shield, with a, a, a SNW shield from appendix, concealment, running one one two, like <laughs> pre-course. I'm like, why are you here? I can't teach you anything. What are you doing? She's ridiculously fast uh, and awesome, and uh, a young lady who I respect really highly. And uh, so they, they show up occasionally, but now you can go, okay, wait a minute. If I, as the instructor, can show you that, can show you that it's possible, it's like watching Gabe White, watching somebody who can actually do seven fives and eight twos. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, that's within the realm of possibility when I can watch it. It's going to take a lot of work, but right. I can get there. And then you can show them how to get from where they are to where they need to be. Then they can go home and do their homework. Yeah. That's good, man. In fact, that's, all of that is really fascinating. I'm sure there's some listeners right now that are just going, whoa, you know, I mean, Hearing specifics like that, that's, that's really cool. I'm a nerd, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I forgot where I was even, even going to go with, uh, with things there. But, uh, oh, we've been talking for a while now, so good stuff, man. Um, what's, what's next for you? Well, uh, you know, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, you know, the main channel is uh, a juggernaut and doing what it does, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. We're going to keep doing that every day. In fact... I have so many back videos to do. Right now, if all crime stopped in the world, I have two years of content available, almost. I have about, it's crazy. About 600 videos waiting to narrate. You um, get so many that people send in to you, right? Yeah, 99%. And I'm sure so many duplicates. Like, going through all that, I can only imagine. <laughs> Poor Stephanie and, uh, and John. Those, they, they filtered that stuff for me, so I don't have to see it a thousand times. But... Uh, yeah, it's it, we're, we average about 150 messages a day on the Facebook page. Um, I get another 40 emails, 50 emails a day. People sending me stuff, and we're grateful for that. I mean, that's fans sure. that are just yeah. sending us great stuff. And uh, what we're starting to get now is people sending me their in- defensive encounter, um, right. and even some that aren't anywhere on the internet. Hey, this is the surveillance video from my dad's convenience store. It's nowhere in the world but here. And, and I'd like to give it to you. And if you'd like to narrate it, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, how I can get better, which is incredibly humbling. I mean, just yeah. so cool to see. Um, and uh, I get to talk to cops that I see them on badge camps, you know, and, and a lot of times after the fact. Yep. So, uh, for instance, you know, San Diego County uh, police officer involved incident that a SWAT officer uh, guy was he had had murdered a couple of, uh, of uh, a husband and wife of his ex-girlfriend or ex-fiance or whatever and he was trying to murder her well they you know uh active murderer call comes in officer jumps out of the car grabs his his defensive shotgun and ended that threat with great prejudice and i did the video uh it was a FLIR camera actually from the helicopter that was for the most part his badge cam was there it's hard to see it's nighttime and uh 
And I was like, man, this guy's a pro, man. This guy's something else. Well, through a connection of a connection, I got to talk to him for about 45 mm -hmm. minutes afterwards. Yes, he was a pro. Um, <laughs> but getting to talk to those guys and then hearing, hey, this is what went down. Here's that was. Verifying some of what we saw is, is really amazing. So, um, so all that to say, where might we go? Uh, at some point, we're either going to have to just get really picky about which ones we do. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of that, quite frankly, because there's selection bias in that. Yeah. You know? um, I... I so if I want to show more guns versus more empty-handed stuff, if I want to show more knife attacks versus this or the other thing, and I don't really want to do that. I feel like I'd rather do more than less because then that controls my own selection bias a little bit. So then that means, what are we going to, are we going to start posting more than one video a day on YouTube channel? That sounds like a lot. That sounds like a little, you know, uh, right. difficult. So we might split into to more than one channel. We might segment some content off. Um, we've mm. talked about doing uh, USA and everywhere else. Mm. That would that would cut the channel about fifty fifty. Mm. Uh, we've talked about splitting off law enforcement encounters and badge cams because of the way they start and end differently. So the contextualization right. is different, uh, and there's pluses and minuses to both of that. You know, yeah. so we might see some of that. Uh, the extra channel now we're doing so much and having such a good time. I'm actually having more fun doing the extra channel than the main one. Uh, the main one's great and I love it and it's super super informative to me every day as a trainer. Uh, but the extra channel is me just living life as a gun dude and a self-defense dude and a martial artist and having fun and then like, hey, come on, come along on the trip with me. Yeah. Uh, and then roasting bad gear and getting in trouble with manufacturers. <laughs> um, so we might see some more of that. I, I think what you'll see in the future, too, is uh, my plan right now is probably in 2020, I'll start an instructor certification program. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I'm still working on having a few more things in that pipeline myself. I've seen a lot of instructor development from a lot of different guys at this point, and my background's in teaching, right? So, I mean, I taught undergrads for nine years and graduate students for five, and my master's degree is in a communication-related field. So, um, and, and I'm having a lot of folks ask me about that. Hey, John, can you kind of, you know, distill and synthesize some of what you've seen there? And yeah, I will focus if I do that, and, and I think we will. I will focus on um, the human performance and teaching element, not the gun shooting element. A lot of, a lot of instructor development is, let's make sure these, these folks can shoot at a high level uh, and communicate a concept well. Whereas I'm more focused on student learning outcomes mm -hmm. and assessment and curriculum and design and uh, sequence and flow and uh, classroom management, uh, range management, drill design, um, uh, teaching from learning outcomes, those kind of yeah. things, which are more education principles. Uh, which aren't really taught. Uh, the, the firearms world is just starting to feel those and just right. starting to see them. But it's funny to me because then they, people come out and they go, ooh, look, I found this nifty thing. And I'm like, dude, they've been doing that in, in the education <laughs> world since the 70s. Like, that's been around for forever. Now, I had to learn that stuff when I started as a professor because as a, as a, a college professor, guess what? They don't hire you for your teaching ability. They hire you for your expertise in the field. And... You, we've probably all had, or many of us have had, college professors who cannot teach. They're, they're terrible instructors, but they're experts in their field. Right. Well, I feel like in the firearms instructor world, there's people who are excellent, proficient shooters, but they're terrible instructors. Um, and so there's plenty of ways to learn to be a great shooter. I'd rather teach you how to be an excellent teacher of shooters yeah. and teaching a physical skill. Yep. And, yeah, yeah. The reality is, I mean, this, this is huge to us, too. We just started this last year. Uh, our own instructor development, you know, certification uh, for uh, our curriculum. Awesome. Certified our first instructors. And obviously it's important to us they know how to shoot. Yeah. But it's way more important they know how to teach. Right. Right? Because you can be the best shooter in the world, and if you can't teach where it's crap, 
that student's not going to get anything. So there's no value imparted there. On the other hand, someone that can shoot well, not the best, mm -hmm. but can shoot well, and they understand it, and they understand why they do what they do, and they can impart that effectively, that's, well, that's, that's value. And I think defensive shooting is not a, um, an athletically intense event, and so right. a defensive shooting instructor should be able to shoot to a high level. Yeah. And should be able to demonstrate what they are teaching at least Absolutely. some modicum. Now, at some level, will a coach have to, by definition, not be as good as their student? Yeah, I mean, okay, if you're teaching GM level shooters. I'm not shooters, necessarily saying that. Right, but, no, not but, at all. Right. And I know you wouldn't. I'm just saying, you know, so sometimes we get this, well, you know, you better be able, I'm not going to take a class with a guy who can't outshoot me. Okay, if you get to a GM level, I get, you know, yeah. that's not going to be the case anymore. Um, but you don't want to necessarily, if, if somebody's not put it into work in their own life, you don't necessarily right. want to do that. Now, of course, I say, look, highest levels of human performance. Uh, you know, Super Bowl's coming up, right? And, and uh, Tom Brady is a better quarterback than Bill Belichick ever was. Bill Belichick don't know how to quarterback like Tom Brady does. And yet Tom Brady takes his coaching. Uh, his quarterback's coach and his offensive coordinator is Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels ain't never quarterback like Tom Brady did. But right. who listens to who? Because Tom's smart. He may be the best ever, but he knows he needs a coach. He yep. knows he needs somebody who can see the things from another perspective, and he respects enough to do that. So, so the, the art of coaching and the art of teaching are yeah. different and separate arts, which should come together. Yeah. Yeah. I, want a, I want a shooting coach and a shooting instructor who can do some good things and who also can teach me. So that's a, that's a both skill set. Yeah. Uh, you know, I come out of the military, and uh, I was in the Navy for eight years, and, and I made hot water the hard way. I didn't go to do no face shooting. I wasn't no SEAL or nothing. I was a nuclear reactor operator. And, uh, but we did a lot of learning there and a lot of teaching there. And the best operators many times were really terrible teachers. And uh, so learning the art of teaching, uh, when you're in the military, sometimes, you know, everybody's got to show up to training. And, okay, we got to get training done. So listen up, you idiots. And I'm gonna, <laughs> you're going to get this information. That's not how adults learn best. So learning the, in, yep. in the late 90s and early 2000s when I was kind of I was a teacher in the Navy for a while they were just starting to figure that out and go listen you can't knife hand your guys and your gals you got to actually teach them and care about them I do that's weird like I have to actually care about these people as human beings for them to learn <laughs> crazy talk so those are the kind of things that I'm really invested in and, and really yeah. interested in and, uh, and, and, and helping people from where they are build a bridge to where they can be uh, yeah. And now I don't even necessarily have to walk over the entire bridge with them. But if I can help them see where they can be and then show them how to build the bridge, right. they can walk that walk and then I'll meet them on the other side because yeah. I'm going to go do it with somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wise words, man. Wise words. Uh, all right. Ah, I keep thinking of things and then you, you, you bring up some really excellent points to where then my thoughts go somewhere else entirely <laughs> and then I forget where I was. But we, you know, we probably ought to start wrapping up here. But uh, let's see here. Um, I was going to ask you about. I also don't remember, so maybe we should just call it quits. All right, man. There you go. So I, I wore you out with my many <laughs> words. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. You know, we start a conversation. I have no idea we're going to end up right. Um, my approach to the way we do the show is, we, we a lot of times we, we jump in and it's like. Okay, I'm going to go this way, but because the conversation goes this way, well, I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow your lead. That's why we have you on the show. It's not about me. It's about hearing your perspective, your side of things. Uh, we're fortunate in hearing from many different perspectives yeah. on, the, on the on the podcast. So, yeah, you guys uh, get some great really, guests, man. You asked me like, 
hey, John, you want to be on the podcast? And I was like, why would you want to hear from me, man? I, I, I listen to the podcast and listen to all the people that, I, that you bring on because there's great, great folks, man. But, okay, so actually, here was one thing that kind of popped in my head. There are those that would say, why should they listen to you? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, how do you respond to that? Um, well, my first response is you don't have to. Right. There are plenty of other people to listen to. And, uh, you know, we get folks on the channel sometimes who are like, well, you're, you're fat, which I'm less fat than I used to be. <laughs> you're looking good, brother. And, thanks, man. I'm down about 65 pounds. <laughs> That's significant. And, uh, um, and then, you know, well, you don't know anything. Well, maybe I don't. Uh, why would you want to listen to me? Well, at some level, there is some social proof. Um, not in the YouTube subscribers, honestly. So somebody says, well, right. you know, he's got a million three subscribers today, so you should listen to him. Man, I know some really stupid people that have a lot of subscribers that I would not never <laughs> listen to in a million years, yet they have subscribers. More than that, so here's an interesting, an interesting thing. Okay? I'm reading a book right now uh, by Dr. Brene Brown called Dare to Lead. And on the, in that book, one of the things that she says is she makes everybody in her organization they have a, a thing they call a one-by-one, one, and that is a one-inch-by-one-inch one piece of paper. And on that one-inch-by-one-inch one piece of paper, you are allowed to write down the names of everyone whose opinion matters to you, whose Ooh. opinion of you matters to you. But you're only allowed a one-inch-by-one-inch one inch piece of paper, then you fold that up and put it in your wallet. And whenever the haters strike or whenever you're doubting yourself, you open up that piece of paper and you remind yourself, who are the opinions that matter? Yeah. Okay? So when I ask the question, why should somebody listen to me? Well, uh, some very well-respected folks in the industry think that I do a good job. And that matters a huge amount to me. Uh, I joke. Listen, Masada Yub watches my YouTube channel and says I shoot good. <laughs> that means a lot to me. Yeah. I respect Masada Yub incredibly highly. Um, Tom Givens recommends my videos and what he does. I, uh, that, that matters the world to me. Just as much, I hear from... Uh, right now we're used in, as far as I know, I think 10 police academies that I know of, um, about 60 patrol sergeants that I know of show our videos to their cops. Um, five SWAT teams that I know of use them to, to kind of train their brains. Um, two state post boards use them in continuing education. One national police certifying organization. Every cop in Sweden watches my videos, which is goofy if you think about oh, wow. it. Wow. Right? I, I Wow. Um, Dude, good, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I just found Sweet. out that the, uh, some folks in the Federal Air Marshal Service use, uh, use my videos to train their, their officers. Now, obviously, they're not, you know, none of them are in a tube, uh, but they use them for, for mindset trainings, which is pretty impressive. Uh, not that I'm impressive, but it's cool that they use them. So uh, those are important. I think if you want to know what, what are my qualifications, those are on our website. I mean, you know, I'm a, a range master, Sig Sauer, Mike Sieglander, shootingperformance.com, NRA certified firearms instructor. I, I'm testing for my second degree in, in martial arts, second degree black belt in April. Been training for 13 years straight. Um, I'm a, you know, Force Science Institute a certified force science analyst. Um, you know, honorable discharge from the military, though that's not a shooting-related thing at all. I'm, I'm an educator at my core, a uh, teacher at my core. Um, and, and so uh, if all of that says not enough to you, no. ain't nothing I don't think is going to say <laughs> enough. Uh, and you don't have to listen to me. My philosophy is uh, it's, a, it's, it's not a unique perspective. When you take it as an overall, it's kind of a unique perspective. It's not any, not any one thing is unique. But, of course, I bring my own spin to things. And that's not going to appeal to everyone, you know. And I get that. So, so take the perspective of some other 
valued folks. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I recognize it's a big industry. Well, it's, it's a small industry in many ways, but, but it's a big world. And you can still get great information and not listen to a thing I say. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think the guys who I respect and the gals who I respect who are really excellent trainers themselves, who are real been there, done that, um, are, are, are really significant. When a guy, you know, we talked about Mike Green earlier, who has really been on the pointy end of the stick and is a high-level trainer. And he goes, no, man, I watch your videos every day. I really value them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. says something to me, you know. And yeah. I, go, I go, okay. And, and the cool part is I don't do military stuff, you know. Uh, but when I when I hear cops, and I say all the time, I've never been a cop. I don't like to talk about police procedure. I don't want to talk about their TTPs. When the gunfight starts, here are some principles. You know, here are some things. Um, and I'm learning that world every day. But when I have cops come and go, dude, man, what you say says a lot of sense. When I have cops, I had, I had a police officer uh, here at the show shake my hand and say, dude, you saved my life in my gunfight. And I was like, whoa, talk to me. I was like, no, no, I didn't save your life. There's no way I yeah. saved your life. You saved your life. Yeah. Tell me what happened. And he goes, man, I watch your videos every day before I go on shift. They just remind me to stay sharp. And, uh, you know, they, they helped me to see the entire picture and see the threat cues. And I had this thing go down. And, and man, I just heard your voice in my ear saying, go do this thing. Uh, and it saved my life and kept, kept the guy mm. from shooting me in the face. And Jeez. Like, wow, man. And so... You know, those are the kind of things that really matter to me. And, and the fact that we get to help good people every day, that just really matters. Hmm. It kind of reminds me of uh, what we do on our podcast. You know, we, we share these, we call them justified saves. We like to think of the, the concept of, of, you know, the positive side of things, right? You know, like it's a save. Somebody saves their life. They save the life of someone else. Right. Um, you know, Wins. And, and it's not always pretty. No. Nope. It's not always perfect. Nope. It's not always mistake-free. Uh, but we, you know, you've got your thing. You do these videos. You analyze the videos. And it's awesome, by the way, because, yes, I watch your channel. I talk about it all the time. I have shared your videos in classes. Hope that was okay. <laughs> always You're give always you credit, welcome of to anything of mine, my friend. I, I, you know, I'd like to think, I mean, every, every class where we have a classroom session and we're talking about self-defense, use of force, stuff like that, it's like, here, let's watch one of John's videos. You guys got to go subscribe, like, because it's freaking good. Um, so, it, w- but we analyze, like, news stories, which is really hard. Yeah, because, it's hard. I mean, and the reason why is because it's different than what you do. And because there's a lot of it. Yeah. There, every, you know, every day there's something that happens in this country, and there's news stories. Um, but there's still great lessons. There's things that we can pull out of that and go, okay, look, you know, like, in this situation, here's why this went down the way it did. Yep. Right, and uh, but you of course look at the news story and you go, how accurate is the reporter hearing the cer- the situation? Sure. Did they hear it from the person? Where did that come? It's the same on video. You know, it, it, I tell people all the yeah. time, video is one perspective that you don't get to see through the defender's eyes. Yep, you didn't get to you don't get to hear inside their head. So there are limits to all yep, of that, but right. it can be valuable for us to hear what other people had to go through. Yep. So then that way we can use their experience without paying the price they had to pay. That's really valuable. Yeah. But I guess my point is I'm going to give you my own personal endorsement, brother, because from what – I mean, I've been studying this stuff for years as well and analyzing and learning and, and reading and learning from others like you and others in the industry, including some names that you've mentioned that I highly respect. And uh, I, I, I can't disagree with almost anything, you know, in your videos, okay, your analysis. So there you go, folks. Thanks, man. Concealed Carry Podcast listeners. I know we've talked about it before, but if you're not already subscribed to Active Self Protection, and of course ASP Extra, like go do that too because it's just it's fine. Thanks. Different content, right? But the videos, there's 
How many do you have now? Thousands? Uh, there are on the on the main YouTube channel. There are a thousand and sixty right now. Um, and then the older ones, the first ones were on the Facebook page. There's another five hundred of them there. Yeah. So there's a little over fifteen hundred narrated videos. right That is now. a lot of content. It's a lot that, of stuff. I mean, you, you you probably at this point would be hard pressed to watch it all. But, uh, you know, go watch, learn, study, and uh, let's make sure we all stay sharp. Yeah, and if you don't want to watch every one of them, you know, there's, there's playlists on there to yeah. kind of help organize. So if you're like, hey, man, I'm, I'm interested in surviving an armed robbery, we have a playlist for family defense, parents with children, you know, uh, small children. Uh, we have a, a playlist of officer-involved incidents, and those are big playlists, all of them. But at least it narrows it down a little yeah. bit, you know what I mean? I want to study kind of this thing right now. Uh, one of the things that we're going to work on in the future, too, is, is I need to hire... Uh, some folks to do some statistical analysis for me. So we're gonna we're gonna walk through. Hopefully in 2019, I just got it's gonna cost a bunch of money um, to categorize every single video on on a host of variables, mm. and that will start to give us. It still won't be statistically val- uh, valid because I can't guarantee that the sample itself is statistically valid. Um, and randomized, but it'll give us an awful lot of data on what we actually see in gunfights and in defensive encounters. So uh, we'll see if that happens. Interesting. Dude, like, we should we should collab on that, bro. I'm totally in. I, because, need, I need help like crazy here's in the it. thing. You know, I started doing something similar for all the news stories we, we get, mm. but, but those are so much harder because we only try to pull out the data that we feel reasonably confident is actually there. Right. Right, which in a news story... Really, really hard to do, but uh, the videos you can pull a lot out of that. As yeah, far sometimes as you can. You got timing a little bit, yep. right? Because you you can watch timestamp. You can see you know how long it takes for X Y Z thing to happen. Right, um, dude. Uh, I'm really intrigued by that because I'm I I'm I am into that. Yeah, <laughs> very me too. much. I'm a data that, nerd. That that's I think where uh, so much value could come to instructors mm-hmm. and people in this industry is pulling some of that data out. So. We can back up things like you need to be under 1.5 for sure. Right. You need to be under 1.15. Or you know, maybe this, some of you know, our our assumptions are wrong. And so we yeah. go, oh, look, we validated, but we challenged, but maybe we devalidated. Yeah. Maybe we said, man, we've taught that for a long time, and we just don't see it. And yep. we saw this other thing instead, which really surprised us. But if we're really truly going to be evidence-based, if we're going to be data-driven, right. then we go... We got to go where the where the numbers lead us. You know, I just started doing that last year, and uh, well, you're going to be at the Kids Don't Carry Expo. Yep, I'll be there as well. Did a little presentations, uh, you know, kind of sharing some of the things I'd found so far. Some of the data we pulled out changed my opinion about yep. things. Yep. So, dude, all 100%. right. Anything we can do to help you there? Let us know. Awesome, man. We'll do. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, John Korea, Active Self Protection. Uh, go check him out. Give him some love, and uh, thanks for a little bit of your time today, sir. Appreciate you, man. There you go. I told you that was going to be a doozy. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. I mean, we kind of get the history of, of you know, it was kind of the beginnings of John's channel, uh, talking about his relationship with HK, what he likes about their guns. Uh, good stuff there. Training, training, that's a big one with John. He's doing so much training this year. He did a bunch last year as well. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just really astounded at how much he has been putting in and the work he's been putting in because not only does he train a lot, but I know he practices a lot and that's huge. So back again to where we started at the beginning of this episode, asking ourselves, do we know, do you know, do I know, do we know what our go signal is? Do we know what to look for in the event we are confronted with deadly threat immediately in front of us 
And if we decide that we must use deadly force, do we know when the time is to actually go for it? Such a good question. John gives us some really great numbers there. So I'll tell you what, it inspires me to get out there and practice and practice and practice and make sure I got my skills as sharp as they can be and that I know what I can do and I have confidence in that. And that is all really key. Again, thank you to John and Active Self-Protection for uh, doing this episode with us today and also to Heckler & Koch, HK, for uh, in, you know, in warmingly inviting us into their booth, allowing us to take over, take it over for a time and record interviews such as these. We've done things with HK before. So thanks again so much, guys. And uh, so with that, it is time to wrap it up. We will let you go and catch you next time. But before we go, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.